1: Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast, I'm Justin Quinn, here with Mark Allison, for the next several podcasts, and hopefully more, we're switching things up a bit for a playoff-friendly format, we'll cover the week's big events, and then dive right into the playoff picture, since we know that's the main thing on all of our minds. How you doing, Mark?
0: What's going on, buddy? Well, I'm a lot happier than the last time we talked. Mm Mm-hmm, indeed.
1: Somehow, we are tied up.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, quite the uh, shift there, wouldn't you say? I'm starting to think that
1: that maybe Brad is a regular listener because the uh, the moves that he made resembled a lot of what we talked about, though not necessarily obviously with Gerald Green being the guy who moves to the
0: to the four. Apart from that, it really, it really did kind of resemble what we were talking about. Indeed, and uh, you know, putting the hit on Rondo's finger was a the massive, the great idea. <laughs> well. I'm starting to
1: wonder whether or not the um, the whole Rondo thing is potentially a little b-curse. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you post
0: this the other day.
1: Yeah, I found that um, digging around in Twitter, the Twitter sphere, trying to find, you know, some, some good tweets that were relevant to the story, and uh, that popped up. For those of you guys who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, when I wrote the the article about Rondo's trip, excuse me, stretch. This is not the first time that, that Rondo has taken some liberties when he's pissed off and on the bench. When he's playing for the Mavericks, it seems that he may have tried to trip Deron, uh Williams, and Little B decided to get involved and suggested he was going to give him a curse if uh, any kind of antics like that continued. The, the Rondo thumb thing, realistically, um, obviously I'm not blaming on a Little B curse in any capacity, but the, the chronology isn't exactly right there but whatever's going on I will take it
0: yeah for sure (laughs) and who would have thought that that kind of a difference without Rondo out there I guess it's partly I mean we we all know what Rondo can do but he wasn't exactly a linchpin for them all season well you know
1: him and Wade alike have probably spend a good amount of energy recuperating throughout the regular season instead of giving it their all. And that's not necessarily a bad idea from a veteran perspective, because if they're going to give anything, if, if their presence on a team is going to matter, it's going to be in the playoffs. So I understand that. It's got to be really frustrating for, for Chicago fans, not that I'm you know carrying a torch for them or anything.
0: Now, here's my thing, though. So Rondo, you know, he was basically playing with the second unit for of, you know, 75% of the year almost. Um, came back into the starting lineup like a month ago, right around when Wade got hurt. I think it was before he got hurt, but it was, you know, give or take a week. Now they don't have a point guard. Like, they just look totally lost out there. Who was playing point guard for them all year? Who was starting?
1: Oh, boy. When Rondo wasn't on the floor. Was um, it Michael Carter-Williams? Michael Carter-Williams did, did a decent amount of time. Was
0: he the starter, though? I mean...
1: He was for a while, then it was very clear it wasn't working. Hammer and Payne had some had a little bit of run. Yeah, he didn't yeah. work out either. Isaiah Cannon, they tried giving him some run in the regular season. He didn't work out either.
0: Well now he's gonna get some run on Wednesday, right? He's starting, isn't he? Yes he is. I but I just they look completely lost and I don't understand I, I guess they were pretty bad all year, so that that's probably why, but <laughs> but like it's it's mind boggling that they don't have at least a capable at all. Backup.
1: Their depth is theoretically not a problem, but you have to have depth of competent players for it to matter. And all their guys are third string, like all their other point cards are third string guys, or deep rotation guys. Mm-hmm. And some of them might end up working out eventually, but, it's not just the the point guard. I mean, Rondo's Rondo's knowledge of Celtics playmaking under Brad Stevens was obviously a significant. Factor. yeah, we
0: were we were talking about that last week, definitely, definitely. Yeah, a factor.
1: But also his energy and and his leadership, you know that was really important. but really the the big thing was the spacing. I mean, if you you have really two options with what the Celtics have on board, and that's to either shoot really well or rebound better. And they mm-hmm. went with trying to shoot better and create better spacing for shooting. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really, a really big part of, of what was successful in terms of, in terms of turning things around. Yeah, for sure. If you ask the coach of the Chicago Bulls, Hoiberg, what might also contribute to it? Do you have, do you have any uh, comments on, uh, I know you wrote on this pretty recently.
0: Yeah. So, um, so after the game Sunday night, Hoiberg uh, said, it, and, it, "and he actually said that Isaiah Thomas carries on every single possession. He didn't just say that he does it sometimes. He said every single possession. Like he used those exact That's words." A bit, That's a bit of an, bit of an A little bit. Now we all know that in the NBA now, and obviously. A carry is kind of part of the game. I mean, it's as long as it's not completely exaggerated. I mean, these guys get away with murder, you know, and they've been doing it since you know Jordan did it, Iverson. I mean, Magic Johnson was doing it in the '80s. You know, it's it's ingrained itself into the game for better or worse. I mean, that's that's kind of how people are. But Isaiah's Isaiah might seem he he's just he has this motor where he can start and stop and and reposition himself and shift gears while he's driving, that makes it look like he's carrying all the time too. And and a lot of times he's not. I mean, he just, he has this crazy, I mean, uh, it's just got like a way to shift gears. Very that makes him very, guy exactly. Guy. That's that's a good word for it. Um, and that that's what makes him so difficult. Of course, um, you know, just like any other superstar, of course he has his uh, moments there where you something that you would call a carry uh, occurs. But uh, according to Isaiah, he hasn't been called for it all year long. So I don't think they're going to start all of a sudden.
1: Well, it's not a coincidence that he's calling it when his team is now tied up at two after losing yeah. to lead.
0: Well, you know, I, I and I don't know this for sure. The, that's the first time I heard him say anything. But Isaiah said um, when he was asked about it in his press conference uh, Sunday night that Hoyberg has been talking about this all series. I don't remember him saying it before, but maybe he said it to a paper, rep- to a, a reporter or something, and it wasn't during a press conference. So we didn't see it here. I, I don't know. But Isaiah said he's been saying it all series, or maybe he's just been saying it to the referees and Isaiah can hear it on the court. That's also, powerful. I think so. Probably. Yeah. I think that, is just. that's gotta to be the extremely... first time he said it publicly.
1: Yeah. I, I think that he's in this particular instance, he's risking a $25,000 fine just to hopefully get a call. And I mean, I guess he makes enough money, you know, a call, yeah. a potential call could be the, just enough to get them over the hump. But I mean, from, from where I sit, Great keep showing your
0: weakness. I well you know what too it, if anything I think that this is going to work against him because the officials aren't going to all of a sudden just start calling Isaiah for carries when they haven't been doing it all year long and exactly. then it's going to and then it's going to look like they were influenced by him if they did that in the next game you know if anything it's he's definitely not going to get that call. They, I they think might. they
1: might call him if it's a very obvious carry like if it's just blatantly obvious but other than that yeah I agree.
0: Yeah they uh I don't know that's <laughs> It sounds a lot like sour grapes to me. So when are we going to hear the KG hype tape? Oh, so did you see they, they, they were talking about this last night. If it was on TNT or, or where they were talking about it. But I saw some tweets about it this morning. He apparently that message was for Isaiah. I mean, he did say the Celtics and whatnot. Uh, they didn't say what he said exactly. I, I think they might have had a line or two from it. But um, Garnett addressed this last night. It must have been on his uh, Area 21 or whatever. That he sent that message directly for Isaiah. And Isaiah sharing it with the team was just, you know, that was Isaiah's choice to do.
1: Yeah, I I understand why he would do it too. I mean, KG is going to always have roots here. And Mm -hmm. seeing seeing the Celtics go down because of something that's completely beyond their control. Right. I get it. I just want to hear it.
0: Yeah, I know, no <laughs> kidding, right? He, uh, he, yeah, he did mention too that like the Celtics and the Timberwolves both, th- like those are the two teams that he'll always feel, uh, you know, a part of. <clears throat> I,
1: mean, yeah, why, I mean, why, I mean, why, why would he feel connected to Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Not the Brooklyn Nets? Seriously?
1: Oh man. The Rosier Smart Avery Bradley trio did really really good in game uh, 3, excuse me. But not so good in game 4. It looked for a second like they might have some kind of a, a formula for when uh, Isaiah is off the floor, but they didn't do so bad in the next game but it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything like a solution.
0: But I, I think that was more or less Rosier just had a monster game on on uh, in game three, and then not so much. You know, (laughs) didn't he have like eleven points? I believe so. Yeah, Mm, he had eleven. Yeah, he had eleven in in game three, two in game four. So I I think that's probably what the difference was. I think Abby Chin said during the game that he was a plus thirty two for the series. I don't even think he 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 didn't play in game one. I don't think, but he he may have played in game two when it was that blowout game.
1: Well, it didn't really matter because in Game 4, Gerald Green really went off for 18 points and 7 rebounds. So it seems like even if we don't have a single-person scoring solution for when Isaiah is off the floor, we have at least stumbled on to a way to create scoring by committee.
0: Yeah, it was – I mean, Gerald carried us the first half and then um... – I- it went off obviously in the third quarter, and Al Horford had a double double in the second half alone. I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, let's not jump into the to the uh, the games just yet because there's a couple other things going on around the playoffs and the league in general that we should probably cover before we uh, dive into that. Blake Griffin is out with a toe injury. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to require surgery. He's out for the season. Clippers, first round, once again.
0: Yeah, we we were talking about this last night when we were talking about potential uh, Celtics, you know, next year. The Clippers, they get bounced in the first round. Maybe Blake and JJ tend to, uh, you know, opt out, head somewhere else. Um, As much as Griffin would be a good fit, he's a good passer, big guy, good rebounder. He's always hurt. Like this is this has become a, a a real common theme.
1: Yeah, and you know, from from a strictly medical perspective, the injuries that he's getting are not really related. Like last year, it was like punching somebody. This like his his problems this year: calf strain and this this uh, toe injury. These aren't the kind of injuries that are directly related to each other. So like recurrence problems are fairly low, but at some point, you you do have to start to get spooked because he seems to be averaging about 60 games a year. And can you really consider paying somebody max or close to max money when you only get 75% of the season out of them with regularity?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that'll be tough because you know there'll be a team out there that will give him max money. I mean, there's plenty of desperate squads.
1: As you pointed out?
0: Yeah, so um, that's a tough call there. I don't know. I'm not sure. Danny's a gambler, but I don't know.
1: I I could see a scenario where we, we could theoretically take him for 15 to 18, maybe for a shorter term deal, like a two with a player option for year three or something like that. But yeah, I was I was kind of gung ho about the the possibility of maybe being able to use this to leverage, uh, you know, kind of like a bit of ring chasing combined with uh, some. Buyer beware, low contract type deal for Danny, but I've caught the spooked bug. I, I, I kind of don't really, I mean, when you take into the effect, too, that he plays at a position that is going to, if he's going to have a a, a solid career with declining athleticism, he's going to have to shoot more jumpers. And then we basically have two Al Horfords,
0: which, yeah, pretty, right, right.
1: That's going to be awkward.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put somebody alongside Horford, you, you want it to be, You know, uh, a guy that's going to rebound at least, or
1: or or shoot the lights out, and this guy sure that's
0: fine too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Other stuff around the league: Tom Brady voicing his support through social media outlets.
0: I saw the twenty-eight to three Instagram or Facebook post or whatever it was on uh, Friday before the game.
1: The Milwaukee Bucks playing the Barney theme song when they were playing was
0: awesome. That was incredible.
1: It may – I'm not so sure it was such a good idea because now they're, they're losing the series.
0: Did they lose both games since then?
1: Uh, I do believe the Bucks are now behind Toronto. 3-2? Uh, three three to two? Two.
0: Oh, yep. wow. I didn't know that.
1: Sometimes pissing off your opponent is not a good <laughs> idea. Another non-playoff-oriented stuff, directly playoff-oriented stuff, um, Ante Zizic had a big game versus Real Madrid. 17 points and 8 rebounds, just uh, something to keep in the back of our heads, uh, put a smile on our face for next season.
0: Are they in the playoffs over there? I Is will there not. like an exhibition I, game? I, I can keep track of the Red right clause, Dude. but I don't even know what. The- I was following Zizic, and then um, I thought that their season ended like after the first week of April. Maybe I was wrong. I, I thought. Um-
1: Sorry, guys, if you want detailed information on that. Yeah. I, I'm not your guy. <laughs> Um other stuff around the league in terms of playoffs, the Warriors eliminated Portland and are going to face the winner of the Clippers in Utah. 4 no sweep. The Trailblazers almost won game three. They just lost by I think like three or six points. And yeah. they were up at like they were up significant double digits at some point. Um I caught a clip of the game. I didn't watch the whole thing. And the, the winner of the series they're going to be facing, uh, the Clippers versus the Jazz is probably about the tightest, um, series in the league that we're not involved in. Uh, Gobert is, Rudy Gobert is back from his hyperextended knee. Looking all right. But Hayward, uh, Gordon Hayward, has missed most of the last game with food poisoning. Um, he's going to be back for game five, but he's probably going to be taking IV so he can you know, not die on the court. Yeah. So he may not be super effective. And then Blake is out with toe surgery. So I have no idea how that series is going to end.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if Hayward and Gobert are anywhere near where they – anywhere close to uh, 100%, then uh, I think – The Clippers are toast, but I guess that depends on that health there. How Hayward is doing, yeah. Yeah.
1: Houston and um, OKC are 3-1 and with Houston holding the lead. It looks like they're going to eliminate the Thunder um, in the next game, though. Don't tell Russ that. You catch any of the Spurs versus
0: Memphis? I've watched a couple of those games. That's probably been the best series and a little surprising to me because, uh, you know, um, I thought San Antonio was going to roll over them. You
1: know, nobody's really showing up besides Kawhi. Um, Yeah. Memphis is just playing out of their minds. Um, I kind of feel they're they're in a very similar situation in my mind to the Clippers, even though people aren't talking about it as much, just because they have very little in terms of resources to build. With all of their younger guys have like all kinds of recurring injury problems, they they are they really need to maximize what they've got now. There's no guarantee zebo is going to be back. They have, they have a lot of issues to deal with. Cleveland eliminated Indiana in the shortest, actually not shortest, I, I, shortest isn't the word I'm looking for. The least amount of points, the lowest amount of points per game in any sweep in the history of the playoffs. Pretty impressive. Absolutely. You know, the last podcast I was bringing up, I think it was 42 minutes, 43 minutes, 45 minutes in the first three games for LeBron James, questioning how long they would be able to keep that up. But that's only important if Indiana can win a game.
0: Yeah, when, they, when they're when they out in four games and LeBron gets a week off, I'd say that's uh, pretty well planned. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. I will, I'm eating my words. Yep. Toronto, Milwaukee. We talked about uh, Toronto's up three-two now. Washington, Atlanta, another tight race two-two. Two. What do you think's going on with Washington, Atlanta?
0: Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't. I think I saw game one. That was it. Um, I haven't really followed that series, which is crazy because that's the team we play next. But <laughs> without one of those two teams,
1: I think Washington's going to take it. I am heartened that they're having such trouble with each other because that, that means we're going to be a lot more likely to be able to hold our own after this series. I kind of think that they'll be so tired, whoever comes out of that series, that we have a very good chance of making the third round if we don't play down with the expectation that we are, well, you know, if we don't, if we don't do what the Celtics typically do.
0: Yep. Yeah I mean I, I we're not going to have the trouble um getting mauled on the boards with either of those two teams. I mean Howard's good on Atlanta but um I, I just don't think it's going to be the same as as what's happening against the Bulls or what was happening against the Bulls I should say.
1: Yeah I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that happened.
0: Well, you know what it is, too? The, the, the Bulls, as much as Lopez is a problem because he's so big, um, their, their guards are such good rebounders, too. You know? they, they, they were doing it, especially with Rondo, who's definitely one of the better um, rebounding point guards still, still in the NBA. And Wade's a good rebounder, and Butler's a good rebounder. So when, when all those guys are pulling down six or seven boards, I mean, it really adds up.
1: Game three and game four... It didn't add up. No. The Celtics won them both, as I'm sure everyone who's listening is aware. I saw a lot of complaints about Horford, as usual. Misguided, he had 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists in Game 3. And 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists in Game 4. He has been quietly one of the most important players turning the series around. Absolutely. Wade had a good game in Game 3, put up 18 points. Jimmy Butler also 14-7. and For the most part, Wade has been a shell of himself, particularly in Game 4. And Jimmy Butler has largely been contained.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he, um, he got to the line 23 times on Sunday. Um, besides that, he's been pretty well under under control. I mean, he had 33 points, but 23 trips to the line there.
1: Exactly. He has not been able to score from whatever he wants on the floor like he was at the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen any fantastic performances from the likes of Lopez or Zipser or any of the guys who were killing us early on, Bobby Portis, for example. Chicago as a team has been shooting terrible, 28% from three, compared to Boston's 45% in, in, uh, game three. For the most part, the frustration has been showing with the Bulls, particularly after that double technical in game four, where Smart and, and Butler got into it after Smart pretended to throw the ball at Butler.
0: Yeah, that, that was, uh, and then, uh, did you see uh, Butler's comments after the game? Uh, Smart, Marcus Smart ain't about that. Ain't about that uh. life?
1: <laughs> mean, ain't about that life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that life. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a, a great actor. actor. <laughs> he, uh, he plays a tough cool. guy
1: or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems, seems kind of like we have a poor man's Kevin Garnett, based on the responses. Yeah, again. right. By no means an insult. No, not at all. With these games behind us, what do you think is going to happen in game five and game six?
0: I mean, I would be shocked if the Celtics lost game five. I think they're going to come in rejuvenated. Garden's going to be on fire. I think they're going to ride their momentum through that one. And then if if that's the case and they do win that game, I wouldn't be so shocked if they close them out in six because the this Chicago team looks flat without Rondo. And they they just don't have any answer at point guard, you know, and that's, they don't have an answer for the beginning of the game, for the end of the game. They, they were running a lineup out there with Jimmy Butler handling the ball, Wade, Lopez, Miritich, and uh, I don't remember who the other guy was. But, like, they were running a big, big lineup. So what the Celtics did was they just went completely opposite. We ran them off the floor.
1: Rondo, some of you have, may, may have been keeping up with this. Rondo has a cast or had a cast, which is now off. And some people kind of got a little nervous out in the Twitter sphere that maybe we're going to see a version of the wheelchair game yeah. for Rondo. <laughs> but it, it appears, at least from what Hoyberg has been saying, that he's out for sure for Game Five and probably Game Six. Uh, the ten-day timetable for, for a doctor checkup uh, that I was reading about would put him as questionable and very unlikely for a Game Seven. So let's uh, avoid that
0: yeah for sure is it, was that is that right is that where it lands right around game seven?
1: just about that I think it would be i think that would be the ninth or tenth day mm-hmm. uh but I could see them trying to push for it if they actually can stick around and win one of these games
0: yeah yeah no i and but I mean how effective would he really be you know e- even with uh even even if he's How many injuries line. has
1: he played through though? You know? Yeah, but I mean how's he
0: yeah, but I mean how, how effective was he with, with those injuries, you know? I don't get me Fair wrong, enough. I I know I know Toronto's tough, but um he certainly wouldn't be as effective as he was in games one and two.
1: I think the Bulls would be a much better team even if he's just on the floor and shouting where to be.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're probably right. Yeah. Even if he barely touches the ball. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: But hopefully we will avoid that. I'm going to get us out of here because we both have a load of stuff to do to get some articles up on Celtics Life. Do you have anything you're working on that you want to plug?
0: No. So I just uh, I followed up yesterday's piece on the Hoiberg comments with uh, Brad Stevens response today, which was, uh, as you could imagine, um, pretty benign. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, Isaiah uh, Isaiah's a great player. That's why I stuffed a guard. And uh, that, that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I thought that was, that was the right way to respond to that. Yeah, I mean,
0: did we expect anything different from Brad Stevens, though, really, you know?
1: Maybe a curse-filled tirade, that, that would be yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been
0: electric, but uh, not in the cards.
1: Well, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have an incredible variety of shirts and hoodies that you can't get anywhere else. And there's still some games you can get tickets to. So check out the, the heading uh, tickets. I don't know if that's, you know, difficult to remember. And you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us five stars if you don't like something or have any kind of suggestions something you want to hear a segment you'd like us to cover just let us know with a comment on a celtics life article or on twitter with the hashtag celtics life pod we want to bring you the coverage you want the way you like it and yeah go celtics
0: hey take it easy guys take care